Hi everyone. Welcome to this evening's webinar. I'm Carol O'Shea, coordinator of the voice and host for this evening's webinar. A very special welcome to tonight's presenter, Amanda Barnes from the Rotary Social Impact Network. Hi Amanda, how are you? Well, thanks, Kara. How are you going? I'm going brilliantly, thank you. It's great to see you. And you. It's great to see you, yes. Importantly, at this stage, I do want to acknowledge the Noongar Wajak people who are the traditional custodians of the, the land on which I'm hosting tonight's webinar. I acknowledge the strength of their continuing culture and offer my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Right, our presentation, which is, of course, using Rotary Fellowships and Action Groups to Strengthen Your Club. Big one to be presented by Amanda. And Amanda, I'm really thrilled to have who with us here tonight because Amanda has a great background in youth and community services work, been a member of, Rot of a Rotary Club, and Rotary Act, I think it is, uh, since 2005, serving in lots and lots of different roles, a very busy very productive member and importantly in terms of tonight of course Amanda belongs to five Rotary Action Groups and eight fellowships and I can't I can't wait to hear uh, Amanda's presentation so over to you please Amanda. Thank you Caro and welcome everybody um, very excited to be here um, I'm gonna sort of fly through my presentation because most this is going to be about what are your questions. So I've got sort of the bits and bolts um, around what are fellowships and rotary action groups. Uh, got a little bit of viewer interaction throughout the presentation and then um, I'll be open for all your questions. So Kara's given you a little bit about me. Um, held a bunch of roles. I'll tell you the one thing I've never done in rotary though is treasurer. And my dad's here, he can attest to my ability with saving, so he'll explain to you all later why. Um, but yes, as Kara said, I joined the Rotary family in 2005 when mum and dad said there's this thing called Rotaract you should check out. Being a 20-something, I begrudgingly went along to my first meeting and was anointed as club secretary before that meeting had finished. So that was somewhat oh, 16 years ago now. Graduated it seamlessly into Rotary, have been in a few different clubs, uh, but I'll tell you what, the real experience for me around Rotary is Rotary beyond the club. So that's why I'm really involved in the space around fellowships and action groups, um, and we'll get into that now. So just a question, uh, who's heard of uh, Rotary fellowships? Most people have heard, yeah? Excellent. How many of you or do many of you belong to Rotary Act, uh, Fellowships? Few people? Excellent. Marvellous. So I'm preaching the, to the converted here, um, which is nice. So like I said before, I'll fly through some of the content and then happy for all your questions. So what are Rotary Fellowships? So a Rotary Fellowship is an international group of people with a common passion. Now, these were recently opened up to non-Rotarians as well. Rotary International decided that you didn't need to be a member of Rotary or Rotaract to be a member of a fellowship, which is fantastic. Uh, it's a fun way to make friends around the world, to explore hobbies or professions. And um, 
one of the big things is it's about enhancing your rotary experience. So for me, that was really the calling card for fellowships or to join fellowships. Um, Mike Caro said, I'm a member of eight fellowships. Uh, one is provisional, um, but that my fellowships are everything from LGBTI fellowship to the new Rotary Leadership and Development Fellowship. Uh, but I'm also a fellowship of the Rotary Metalheads, um, which is, I'll tell you what, talking to German Rotarians about heavy metal is second to none. It's, um, it's a whole other experience. Uh, to start a fellowship, you need, like fellowships are structured uh, as a club would be. So we've got a board constitution. Uh, you have to have members from five different countries before you can register as a recognized Rotary International Fellowship. Um, and what fellowships exist? So it's a quite an extensive list. It goes over the next two slides. Um, and I'll just show you the list of them and I'll show you where to find this list a little later. Um, but everything from, you know, beekeeping, bird watching, comedy, fly, fishing, flying, genealogy, e-clubs, you know, doll lovers, to magicians, which apparently is still a very exciting fellowship. Uh, one of my old Rotaract friends is a member of the Magician Fellowship. Um, I don't know how they go with retaining members or if they all just disappear. Um, but, you know, rotary pin collecting, which is a big one uh, for, for a lot of people. It's the space around fellowships is infinite. And if it's not, if it doesn't exist, you're more than welcome to start a fellowship, which is an interesting way to look at developing your professional connections within rotary. Um, one of my other main fellowships is Young Rotarians. Now, that's young at heart, not young chronologically speaking, uh, but it's really opened the world of international rotary for me. Um, for those of you who haven't perhaps attended a Rotary International Convention, they have a house of friendship, as most district conferences do, but this house of friendship is often full of Rotary Fellowship stalls. Uh, Rotary fellowships often have um, gatherings based around convention or they'll have a lunch or a social attached to a convention just so members can actually meet face to face. Uh, a lot of this stuff does happen online. Some fellowships do have a membership fee. Often I know a lot of the ones I belong to have annual fees or they have a lifetime membership fee. It's usually 150 US dollars thereabouts. Again, all of them are measured in US dollars because Rotary International. Uh, so yeah, some of them are free. A lot of them have merchandise, which is awesome and very exciting. But that's the nuts and bolts of fellowships. So who here has heard of action groups? A few people, yeah, excellent. Anyone belong to an action group? Less people, interesting. Okay, awesome. Um, so action groups are more about the projects than fellowships. So fellowships are more about uh, connecting with Rotarians, Rotaractors or Rotary Associated people um, around the world. Uh, action groups are more about project and as the name says, action. 
So what is a Rotary Action Group or RAGS as they're affectionately known as? Um, basically, again, like with fellowships, people affiliated with Rotary based around the world, uh, these people tend to be more experts in their field. Uh, action groups offer technical knowledge and experience to support clubs and districts. So there's a big one. If your clubs are doing projects, they can tap into the action groups to get um, the expertise from all over the world in any given area. They can help with project implementation. They can help with grant writing. They can help conducting community assessments, developing plans to monitor and evaluate your projects, uh, but it can also provide other resources. So just to have a quick look at the action groups that are recognized by Rotary International. So again, this goes over two slides. Um, addiction prevention, um, economic development, domestic violence prevention. A newer one is ESRAG, the um, environmental sustainability. And then yeah, mental health, polio survivors, water sanitation, menstrual health and hygiene. Um, again, this goes across all aspects, um, ideally aligned with our seven areas of focus, uh, but, you know, the sky is the limit. Again, if you don't see an action group and you're interested, you can start one. So there's lots of options around that as well. So basically, that's the very raw bones of what is a fellowship and an action group. Now, what are the purpose? So first and foremost, it's Rotary Beyond the Club. A lot of Rotarians get very insular when it comes to their membership. They are there to, you know, attend the meetings, commit to club projects and whatnot, but Rotary is so much more. Uh, like I alluded to in the introduction, Rotary for me, um, became a way of life when I saw Rotary Beyond the Club. So my first district conference, my first international convention. Uh, these are the things that will impassion your um, members into, you know, they will, it's, it's the engagement, yeah? So it's not just getting members, but it's keeping them. Okay, so the fellowships and action groups expand the Rotary experience for your members. So the best thing we can do as club leaders is tell our members about them. Uh, when it comes to fellowships, it's about passions and professions. It's about hobbies. When it comes to action groups, they can actually help your club, your club projects. If you've got members who are interested or members of action groups, or fellowships, have them speak to your club about the experience. So how can they strengthen your club? I've already kind of started that. Um, it's about leveraging what is bigger than your club. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a structured way for people to enact on a global scale. So it's, I mean, some of my experiences, I haven't really partaken in many of the action group projects, um, but I'm in line with them. Uh, 
one of them is blood donation. So I was donating blood as often as I could until I fell pregnant and had our little man. So breastfeeding, you're not allowed to donate. Um, but there's so many things you can do on a day-to-day -day level that can contribute to your fellowships or contribute to your action groups. But as Rotary leaders, we should be leveraging this. This is a big um, underutilized area of Rotary that we need to bring to our clubs, that we need to bring to our members. Ways we can do, oh, I've touched on that, sorry. Um, get, get members to speak on their experience. Get fellow members. I'm happy to come and talk to your clubs, mostly digitally now, because let's face it, where we are, we're all in lockdown. Um, but the exposure that this can give your club, your members, um, aligns with the engagement. Action groups can help you with your projects. Yeah, one of the big things we I've noticed a lot of clubs suffer with is expertise around projects. Everybody wants to do a project and they've got some amazing ideas, but where do you start? I mean, I know we a lot of clubs have, you know, various expertise in their clubs and that's awesome, but there's a much bigger network that we can tap into that's right there, that's rotary vetted. So you know that these people are in good stead in their communities. You know that they're, you know, they're heightened in their profession. These are things that we can leverage and we're, we're not leveraging them. So many people don't even know what fellowships or action groups are. I know a lot of people in our district find out about them when they come to RLI, Rotary Leadership Institute where we talk a lot about Rotary beyond the club. Getting your members involved beyond the club will strengthen your club more than you can imagine. It's really, you know, it's exposure to potential members, yeah? I know the bigger clubs are the active clubs. They're the clubs that get seen in the community. If you're doing projects and you have this network that you can tap into, it infinitely opens the scope of what you can achieve. Um, it's having more members without having more members, but then it's engaging your members further as well. And yeah, I, I honestly can't emphasize more the Rotary Beyond the Club and what that can do to strengthen your club. Once your members see it, it's, I, I speak of it as a sunset, yeah? We've all seen amazing sunsets. And you can take a picture and you can try to tell people about it, but it's not the same, yeah? To really experience that sunset, you've got to be there. And to me, that's what this is all about. It's being there. Um, you can hear me talk about fellowships, you can hear me talk about action groups, you can check out the Facebook pages, the WhatsApp groups, you know, the websites. But honestly, it's being there that will show you. Yeah, it's being there, it's having that experience. And it's the same for your members. So until people sort of drink the Kool-Aid, bite the cherry, um, it's all lip service, if that makes sense. So see the sunset, take the step, jump in. Um, where to find out more? So I'll make this presentation available to Caro who can 
distribute it, but these are the websites. Um, if you're not sure, you can just Google Rotary Fellowships or Rotary Action Groups, um, and it will take you here. Um, the, the full list that I showed you before, the fellowships and the action groups, um, you click the links, it'll take you to the websites or the appropriate contacts, and that's how you can find out more. Um, but honestly, joining the fellowships I'm involved with and the Rotary Action Groups has, you know, like I said, made Rotary a lifestyle rather than just a club membership for me. So that's the end of the official stuff. Um, but I'll jump back to Caro for questions. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks, Amanda. This might sort of seem a bit like a Dorothy Dix question. But how could the how could the average club improve a member's understanding of Rotary Action Groups and Rotary Fellowships? Talk about it. And I think that, I mean, we talk about how Rotary is, you know, the world's best kept secret. Perhaps one of Rotary's best kept secrets are the fellowships and action group. One of the things we're really pushing in my last, this last Rotary year, I was a learning and development director for the district. We need to develop our members. We need to offer them, I mean, the, the professional development, it's all there but we need to tell them it's there. And it's the same with the fellowship and action group. Have guest speakers. I mean, we all look for these amazing professionals who've won awards and have these high caliber, you know, careers to come and talk to us. And that's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but we have so much wealth within our membership, within the membership next door, but we don't leverage it. The, you can contact the fellowships and action groups directly, and I'm sure they will come and speak to your Rotary clubs. Now that the world is used to Zoom, we don't have borders that we used to have to mitigate. So invite people into your club to talk to your membership. If they miss that one, put them directly in contact. Oh, tap them on the shoulder. I see your profession is, you know... You're a professional magician. Did you know we have a fellowship for that? You know, perhaps not magician, but you know what I'm saying. Um, the, the opportunity is there, but we need to talk about it. The biggest thing is we don't inform our members. We carry on with our lives. We go, oh, I, I joined this fellowship. Awesome. But do you bring that back to your club? I joined a fellowship. Let me tell you about it. This is what we're doing. This is how the club can benefit. This is how our members can benefit. The engagement increases, retention will then increase exponentially. So we need our club leaders to talk about their own personal experiences to other members. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we spend so much time, like I said, you know, we get in all the external professionals, but do you know what the guy who sits next to you does for a profession? I mean, you can read it on his badge, but have you heard about it? Yeah. Did you know there's a fellowship for it? Or there's yeah. an action group he can join and then, you know, take the four-way test to another level in, you know, an international project. It's the, the, the ability, ability to leverage 
these amazing organizations, these amazing structures that are already within our organization is so underutilized. And the bonus that goes with that is you get to meet some absolutely wonderful people along the way. Absolutely. I mean, Kara, you and I go back a very long way because we were in the e-clubs fellowship. Yes. And we started talking about Australian e-club. And that was, gosh, better part of 10 years ago or some such. Because that was, yeah, a little while ago now. But the thing is, I've met this amazing human who lives on the other side of the country and we have so much in common and we stay in touch. And I'm here today because he and I know each other from that, you know. But if neither of us had put up our hand to do that, maybe none of us would be here right now. Absolutely. And another, and there's a, 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 a pretty amazing Rotarian by the name of Adrian Roach in the audience who's just yes. uh, pointed something out about beer. Yes. Uh, he has, is a member of a very successful Rotary Club up there at Maitland, and he's telling, and Adrian's mentioned here that half his club members are involved in the, in, in the Rotarian, what's it called? The Beer Rotarians Enjoy Worldwide. Yeah. And they love the socials. What drinking beer at a social? I can't imagine what how they'd enjoy that. Yeah. So there's a gin one too, and there's one yeah. for wine appreciation. Yeah, we're drinking. So picking, <laughs> picking up on Adrian's point and looking at things like conventions and the and the like, this is part of the social glue, isn't it? So if you encourage new members to get involved in uh, fellowships, which we're really talking about adding to the social glue in Rotary. Absolutely. And I mean, you can look at that within your own club. Um, members leave because they don't feel valued or engaged. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, we can talk about membership. We can talk about membership to the cows come home. But people are coming into Rotary. They're yep. just not staying. No. Yeah. And why aren't they staying? Because they don't feel it's relevant. They don't feel engaged. Yeah. They're not excited. They don't get value. Value. They don't get value. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, but looking at this from another aspect, my good friend and Rotary membership specialist Mark Huddleston has spoken about the importance of clubs changing to adapt to the needs of new members. From your perspective, Amanda, how can Rotary Action Groups and fellowships assist in that adaptation process? I'm going to consider my response here because I've been controversial on this before. Some clubs need to change, yes. Some clubs have it right, but there's ways to work with and not against your membership, yeah? I think, you know, clubs need to change to cater to greater membership. But some clubs have it right, and they're just trying to appeal to too broad an audience, yeah? You're not going to be everybody's, you know, everybody's got different preferences. All the clubs have different cultures, and that's an important part of Rotary. So it's not about changing all the clubs. It's about clubs tweaking things to get to where they want to be. And it's also about starting new clubs. As I can attest to, my club's a year old now. But looking at action groups and fellowships, 
we can, like I said, bring in the guest speakers, align your project, yeah? Talk to your new members. What excites them? What profession are they in? Can we get a guest speaker from that fellowship or that action group? Can we, even if we don't do it at a club level, can we introduce them personally to those fellowships or those action groups? Can we start a project that aligns with an action group that our people are membership of, sorry, our members are members of, but maybe they haven't been able to voice at a club level what their interests are? Because, you know, a lot of clubs have their projects, you know, scheduled up to 12 months in advance, and that's great. But if I come in today and I want to make an impact today, but I have to wait 12 months before I can start talking about a project, Am I staying? Yeah. If I have to wait 12 months before I can have some sort of impact or a role within that club that I've just joined, is that exciting for me? And I think the other thing is when people look to leave, we should be introducing them to other clubs, not just saying, all right, see you later. But that's, you know, not quite in line with what we're talking about today. But yeah. uh, picking up on that one, yeah. deterrence and the like, you're a member of eight, I think it's eight fellowships and five action groups. Mm -hmm. What does that, what does that cost in terms of dollars and time? Yep. Okay. So with action groups and fellowships, at, like with Rotary Club, you get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. So with your Rotary Club, you might be someone who turns up for the dinners or now the Zoom meetings, whatever, and leave it at that. Thank you very much. See you later. To be honest, a lot of my fellowships and action groups have that level of involvement. I'm keeping an eye on the pulse. I can, you know, can read the newsletters, those sorts of things. But the ones I'm more involved with, for example, the Young Rotarian Fellowship. Last, well, this last Rotary year and the one that we're starting, I'm the PR director for that. But the two years before that, I was the Australian representative. I, I just enjoy being in that space, yeah? The people I've met, the people I've been able to get into that fellowship, the merchandise. I have the most amazing hoodie that came from my Rotary Metalhead Fellowship, which I like living now. Not that, you know, that's the purpose, but, you know, side benefit. It, you, you get in what you put out. No, you get out what you put in. So in terms of involvement and time, again, it's up to you, yeah? In terms of money, that's a case-by-case -case basis. So the Peace Fellowship, sorry, the Peace Action Group, I think was 50 US dollars a year. I joined that one this last Rotary year. The Metalhead Fellowship, I think it was about 120 for lifetime membership. It was similar for the LGBTI Fellowship. I noticed the lovely Andrew Best has just joined us and as an employee of RISPO can also speak well to fellowships and action group. So it might be interesting if Andrew has anything to add. But yeah, like I said, you get out what you put in. So you can be a knife and forker of these things or you can be heavily involved and get out so much more. Okay. Thanks, Amanda. One of the things that I did want to run past you, and it's good questions come up here, 
Rotary International values a diverse, equitable and inclusive culture. How can RAGs and, and fellowships help us to achieve that? I think it's more about it's balancing because, I mean, if you have a club who is structured still around classification or attracts their members based on classifications, it's, you know, giving them a greater depth of experience within the rotary sphere. So, for example, I'm pretty sure there's a fellowship for lawyers, yeah? So we can leverage it that way. In terms of action groups, we can leverage professions by, you know, sort of like the cadre pro project. Sorry, cadres for project, utilizing their professional knowledge and skills for their club, but on a much greater scale. You know what I mean? Like they join their club and they use it that way, but they can do it globally through these action groups and fellowships. So it's, you know, it's just opening the doors, opening the floodgate, removing the borders, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Thanks, Amanda. Bill and David have offered some, some comments here that I would actually like you to just comment on. Bill's, okay, look at Bill's first. He's talking about something that's very, very relevant to us as, as Rotarians. Some awesome polio survivors are, um, as Rotarians worldwide are contributing greatly to, polio, to the polio survivors Rotary Action Group. That seems to be an action group with a, with a special meaning given, given one of our major goals in the world. How, how could we build on those, those sorts of, or that sort of connection? Well, I mean, I've heard a lot of, and again, I choose my words carefully. Some clubs have sort of polio fatigue. Why are we still donating? Why is this important? If we could get those members to speak to the clubs, that will invigorate. Do you know what I mean? That will build belief. I mean, like you and I, Kara and I were just having a chat about the COVID vaccination before everybody else joined us, you know. I was speaking to a young friend of mine who, you know, a bit of a skeptic or, you know, vaccinations, I don't know. And I said, well, have you heard of smallpox? Have you heard of polio? And she said, no. I said, well, you're welcome. And it's things like that. If we leverage the, you know, we have a fellowship there. We have a, sorry, an action group, a bunch of people who are, survivors of something we're trying to eradicate that i mean so i've heard so often i mean rotarians with you know amazing pedigree amazing commitment to rotary but they say why are we still doing polio because it's not gone yet but if we can get people who've lived that experience to speak to our clubs then you know we'll continue it until it is gone i mean we're this close but we need to get it done. But, you know, a lot of clubs are talking about, well, what's the next thing? Well, we can't have the next thing until we sort this one out. But if we can leverage, you know, 
those expertise, those people who dedicate so much of their lives to educating, why not bring them into our space? Well said, well said. District Governor nominee David's uh, comment is a little lighthearted. He talks about being in the cruising fellowship and he said, it hastens to add that he's not in, he's not cruising around Newcastle in an old view. Uh, he's in, in the, uh, the ocean cruising fellowship. And there's not, of course, with COVID been much of that recently. But the social aspect of the social aspect of things like where people who spend time on cruise, enjoy time on cruise ships, Rotarians, the opportunity to connect as Rotarians in that environment is pretty big. How could, how could we make more of that? Leverage. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, I mean, it's just we've got so many. I mean, our, our district conference a couple of years ago was meant to be on a cruise ship, but COVID, <sighs> yeah. We have so many people who have so many interests that we can leverage for membership engagement, yeah? The four-wheel drive fellowship. Again, you know, you're not so much four-wheel driving at the moment unless you go alone and, you know, in certain areas and whatever else. But we can have Zoom meetings and we can share our experiences of when we could go cruising. We can have guest speakers who talk about the cruises they have been on. You know, let's live vicariously through each other or past experiences because not the whole the whole world's not locked down. So, well, relatively speaking. So let's bring those stories. We can impassion and engage people in this sphere now. And then, you know, when we are released into the world again, where we hit the ground running as opposed to putting everything on pause until, you know, COVID's over or enough of us are vaccinated for it to not be a problem. But we thought it was over this time last year, you know, and Sydney's back in lockdown. So let's find ways to move forward. But we have these amazing tools that we can utilise and leverage, the action groups, the fellowship. We can talk internationally about cruises we want to go on when we're released or have been on in the past. You know, there's so much there that we can leverage if we're just if we just look beyond the club. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. There's a, an issue in all of this, and it's, it's, it sort of goes to leadership, goes to a bunch of things. And we talk about wanting to keep new members, wanting to, to get new members engaged and involved, as we should. But sometimes that first small step doesn't happen and ultimately people miss out on these opportunities for fellowships and the like. You're a new club leader and whatever. How, what's the first step that you take in this process of, of connecting a new member with a fellowship or, a, or an action group? What's the first step? I mean, you can talk about member surveys. You know, what are your interests? And then having mentor rotary mentors to guide them into these areas it's talking to your members yeah when they come in why like one of the things i ask why did you join and why are you still here what keeps you here yeah 
And then what are you missing out on? What wish you, what do you wish you were getting? And then find, you know, bridging that gap. It might be that your club's not for them. And that's okay. As long as you can direct them to a club that is for them. Or maybe your club's for them if they can tick their hobby boxes through fellowship membership or through action group membership. Yeah? We don't have to get all our boxes ticked by our club. If we know that there's more rotary out there. So if people aren't happy, why aren't they happy? Do they feel undervalued? Well, maybe they could be more professionally valued in an action group or a fellowship with people from all over the world who will value them or recognize their skills and expertise. Clubs and districts can leverage them. Feeling important is one of the most, you know, basic human desires to feel valued, appreciated, to be seen, yeah? So we need to be doing this for our members. And this is a great way or a great vehicle to utilize that on a global scale. To add that value is that, that we should be, look, be looking to deliver for all of our members. Absolutely. Amanda, we've, thank you for that. We have Dave Harmon from the, from the Rotary Club of Ballina on Richmond joining us uh, in August to talk about the remarkable success they've had in growing their club. And the reason that they've grown, that they've grown their club is to do with a major project on, to do with domestic violence. And, of course, we've just seen a little earlier that domestic violence is, or violence is, uh, family violence is one of the things that a Rotary Action Group covers. That's a success story for Ballina on Richmond. If I, and you know, I know you touched on this briefly earlier on, but if I, a new member or an existing member, maybe a long-term member in a Rotary Club sees an opportunity for a new fellowship or for an area of action for an action group, how do they go about progressing that? It's really about rallying the troops, yeah? So to start, an, I mean, contact Rotary International. There's a lot of support there for these sorts of things. They will point you in the right direction. For fellowships, like I said before, you need members from five different countries. You need a board and a constitution. But Rotary International will help you with that. It's not just, you're not going it alone, yeah? And that's one of the biggest things. But, you know, there's so many things out there. Or, or get in touch with existing fellowships and action groups. They will help you. These people are Rotarians, so we know they're giving people. We know they're good people. So reach out. There's a lot of people out there who are willing to help on an infinite scale, but you need to ask the question. But then people need to know that the vehicle exists to know that they have a question to ask, if you know what I mean. So we need to tell them that these are the fellowships out there. If you identify a gap, let's help fill that gap. If, you know, these are the action groups out there. Again, if you identify a gap, let's fill that gap. Let's find people who can help you do that. Let's talk to Rotary International. What do you need to do? What can you do? Let's help you do the rest. Thanks, Amanda. Just. We have a little plug here from the, from the Cruising Fellowship that I mentioned earlier on. 
Amadu is in the uh, is in our audience, and she's the membership manager of the Cruising Fellowship, and they are on Facebook. So if you're if you if that uh, has uh, triggered any interest in the audience, or you know of anyone who might be interested, Facebook is the way to find the Cruising Fellowship, yeah. or it's one way Thank to you. find Thank the Cruising you. Fellowship. Yeah, thank you, Carol. I just wanted to say Rhonda is the secretary. She's based in Sydney and uh, Ray based in Melbourne. So uh, we are spread all across the world and uh, we are based on Facebook and we have a newsletter, e-newsletter, which we uh, which Rhonda publishes every month and it's called Ship So I invite each one of you to visit our Facebook page, which is the Cruising Fellowship. Uh, page and I invite all of you to become a member. Once cruises start, then you can start sharing. Fantastic. Yeah, which are the cruises Excellent. you? Thank you. Yeah, a lot no of um, a lot of fellowships and action groups have big space hold space in Facebook. So, you know, it's a great way for people to connect. A lot of them are using WhatsApp now to talk amongst themselves as well. The leverage of social social networking has infinitely leveraged what we can do with fellowships. You know, it used to all be emails, but now you can just instant chat, which is amazing. And it just speaks to the potential that we could reach out there. It's, it's amazing and, again, underutilised. That was a topic that I was just planning to come to, so very, uh, very opportune. How has COVID changed the fellowships and rags that you're associated with, Amanda? Look, I think it's similar to how it's changed a lot of Rotary clubs. Although, having said that, a lot of them were more were meeting online anyway because they're international. A lot of them were already leveraging social media. Potentially that stepped up and, you know, we can all share our COVID experiences in addition to everything else we already talk about. But I tell you what, it's, it's given me a direct look into the COVID experience in a number of different countries because I've got friends there because of the fellowship. I mean, the Young Rotarian Fellowship, we were just talking today about how COVID is in all our different countries, you know, chatting with them about how it is in different parts of Africa, in India. You know, it's, I mean, we complain about lockdown here, but honestly, lockdown is a, is a privileged society way to deal with COVID compared to what some of the, you know, less developed countries are dealing with. But yeah, it also speaks to project opportunities. We can see how it's affecting our fellow fellowship members and then my club can partner with your club and we can do something and have another impact. It's just, yeah, leverage, leverage. So, so fellowships and rotary action groups can lead to things like global grant projects and you know, more benefits to our international communities. Absolutely. I mean, action groups will actually help you with the grant applications, with community assessments with evaluation and monitoring of the project. Fellowships are somewhat less formal in that sphere, but it does, you know, it, it's networking, you know. 
you make friends, you make projects, you identify issues, and boom, let's go. Fantastic. Amanda, we've seemed to run out of questions, although Adrian did just uh, have to leave and he's, he's asked me to pass on that he's very impressed with your presentation and, the, and your answers to the Q&A tonight and he offers his congratulations. Adrian's too kind. I've known him for a few years too now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and also from, from Bill Peacock. One last question, though. One last question, having passed on praise from the audience. Amanda, why are you in Rotary? I have led not an easy life, but a very blessed life. I have, I have gained so much, so I feel I have so much to give. Also, my dad is here in the audience. It's all his fault, so please complain directly to him. It was he and mum who, like I said at the beginning of my presentation, dad was the youth director in his club and came to me and said, there's this thing called Rotaract you should check out. And my sister, who's also here, she and I, begrudgingly went to our first meeting and by the end of that meeting I was club secretary and that was 16 years ago. <laughs> so it became, I mean, clearly I'm of good breeding, um, but it's, it's a lifestyle for me. If I missed a meeting, it, things don't feel right. And the friendships I have been able to establish and nurture through Rotary. I mean, I've been invited to weddings all across the globe because of friendships I made at, at international conventions or Asia-Pacific Rotaract regional conventions. Some of my best friends, well, I consider them family. I mean, there's another lovely man here, Oscar, who emailed me when I was president of Greater Sydney E-Club saying, I'm in the area and I was wondering what your club does. Now I count him amongst one of my closest, dearest friends. Caro, who I've never met in person, but, you know, you live on the other side of the country and I consider you a dear friend. Andrew, I've met a couple of times in person, but we talk a lot online because we're in the same Rotary Club. Di lives in a, well, she and I live in the same district, but we Rotary in different districts. But, you know, she and I have chatted a lot, minor who, you know, was an amazing, is, is now a DGE now? DGN? No, DGE for my district. But she and I have known each other for what feels like forever because she was in one of the Rotary Clubs when I was in Rotaract. You know, it's the people. It's, it's a way of life. It's that sunset I was telling you about, you know. I want to see that sunset. I don't want to just see a photo. And yeah, the, not to mention the professional development. I mean, I can't even speak to the amazing people I've sat next to at Rotary dinners who I would never get access to on a professional level, but, you know, equals in Rotary. At, you know, 39, I led the district learning and development for the whole district. This year coming up, I'm going to be helping Zone 8 train the trainers. I'm 40. Do you know what I mean? And the ability to, Natalie, shut up. The ability to be able to do that at this age, you know, the, the training I've been able to just 
take on for free would have cost me thousands of dollars. But without doubt, first and foremost, it's the people. It's my family. And you make a remarkable contribution. Now, on that note, let's have a round of applause for a wonderful presentation tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Great work there, Amanda. Great work there. Everyone else, thank you for joining us and good night. Thank you. Good night.